The homilies or sermons contained in these podcasts were delivered by Deacon Joe Dietz, a permanent deacon serving at St. Edward Catholic Church in Ashland, Ohio, a parish of the Diocese of Cleveland. Each homily is preceded by a reading of the Gospel of the Day. All these homilies are the same in content as those preached. They have been recreated to improve the sound quality of the podcast. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus told his disciples this parable. The kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. The foolish ones, when taking their lamps, brought no oil with them, but the wise brought flasks of oil with their lamps. Since the bridegroom was long delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight there was a cry, Behold, the bridegroom, come out and meet him. Then all those virgins got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise ones replied, No, for there may not be enough for us and you. Go instead to the merchants and buy some for yourselves. While they went off to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went into the wedding feast with him. Then the door was locked. Afterwards the other virgins came and said, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he said in reply, Amen, I say to you, I do not know you. Therefore stay awake, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The Gospel of the Lord Am I the only one who, when I hear this gospel, questions whether the wise virgins are selfish, not to share their oil. I mean, aren't we supposed to love our neighbor as ourselves? Wouldn't it be far more loving to share the oil than to keep it for themselves and tell the others to go to the market and in doing so cause them to miss the bridegroom? But I am getting ahead of myself. I will get back to that contentious question later. First, This parable uses the symbolism of the ten virgins to indicate church members sharing a common origin, and Christ is the bridegroom. We begin together as the newly baptized, with our lamp candle lit as newly adopted sons and daughters of God the Father. During the baptismal liturgy, the parents and godparents are given a candle that they light from the Easter candle and are told to receive the light of Christ and instructed that this light is entrusted to them to be kept burning brightly so that the newly baptized may keep the flame of faith alive in their heart and, quote, when the Lord comes, go out and meet him. As we grow in age and hopefully in faith, The bulk of the responsibility for keeping that light burning effectively passes from parents, godparents, to us. The task of keeping that candle not only lit, but burning brightly, isn't always easy. Because since Jesus' coming is delayed, we don't go from baptism to eternal life, but to life in the world. Now, oil like the wax of a candle, is fuel for the flame, and our oil is grace. But just like oil for a burning lamp, 
the reception of grace should be an ongoing part of our Christian life. We are given sanctifying grace at baptism, God's free gift to become his children. And as his children, and through the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit, we continue to receive the graces to attain eternal life. The primary sources of these graces are the properly practiced sacramental life of the church and the merits of a life of charity. But what do we mean when we say the properly practiced sacramental life of the church? Well, that means, for example, that we can't blow off going to Mass on Sunday without a good reason and then show up the next Sunday and go to communion without first having gone to confession because serious sin must be confessed. And if we receive communion unworthily, we are not receiving grace, but actually compounding the sin. Proper sacramental practice is recognizing our serious sin, taking advantage of the sacrament of reconciliation, which is itself a source of grace, to repent of our sin, and then restore to our relationship receiving the Eucharist worthily to be once again nourished and graced by this precious gift. To fail to do so is not only going to the merchants and not getting any oil, but spilling any oil that we have while we are there. Grace is replenished by an ongoing, true, and active life with Jesus, not in the mere representation of such a life. Hopefully, we have all had a moment in life where we were excited, really excited about our relationship with Jesus. And rest assured, the experience of Jesus in a personal and powerful way is something that he wants for us and that we should want for ourselves. It could have been our baptism if we were not baptized as infants, or it could have been our confirmation or an adult conversion experience. But whatever it was, if we had an experience of the living God that touched us, that moved us, that experience, no matter how powerful it was, can fade over time. We may long to see the face of Jesus, but his coming is long delayed. That delay is life, and we can all fall asleep in terms of our fervor and anticipation of his coming. We fall into a routine of meeting needs and demands, highs and lows, work and play. But the passion, the energy and exuberance of our powerful experience of God may no longer permeate every moment of our day. But that does not mean that our candle lamp goes out. It is during this time that our reservoir must be kept full by our practice, our diligence, our perseverance in a life of prayer, sacrament, and charity. If we rely solely on the grace super high points of our spiritual lives, which for many of us were long ago, baptism, confirmation, first communion, wonderful, powerful, effective, and sanctifying as they were, if we rely solely on them, rather than developing and maintaining an ongoing sacramental and charitable life. When the shout is heard that the bridegroom is coming, we may find ourselves 
out of oil. Which brings us to the question of when does the bridegroom come? Truth be told, he not only comes at the end, whether the end of our lives or the end of the world, but he also comes in disguise when we may least expect him. Our lamp must also be lit then, ready to respond when Jesus, the bridegroom, appearing as the least of our brethren, comes to us in need. A grace-filled heart will respond with love and charity, while an empty lamp will miss the opportunity and find itself with its owner outside the feast. But since we are talking about charity and sharing, what about those selfish virgins that would not share? Understanding the oil as symbolic of grace, virtue, or merit of a Christian life, we can then recognize it is not something that is a commodity like food or clothing that can be given away, but is ultimately a matter of personal responsibility. However, we must be careful that what we hear as a request to share is not in reality an effort to diminish, dilute, or otherwise compromise the truth. The foolish are out of oil, empty, just as we have people today that have compromised, fudged, stretched, and otherwise eroded the truth until they find themselves in varying degrees of moral bankruptcy, their lamps barely flickering if showing any light at all. But rather than go to the divine merchant to repent and replenish their oil, they want to compromise the truth in the brightly burning lamps of the wise, offering a flawed worldly opinion in place of godly truth, urging the wise to join them in popular practice. When I think of the request for lamp oil in this way, I am reminded of a scene from the wonderful movie about the life of St. Thomas More entitled A Man for All Seasons. Thomas More was a judge and chancellor for King Henry VIII of England in the early 1500s. More ultimately lost his position and his head for refusing to sanction Henry's annulment, remarriage, and Henry's positioning himself as the head of the Catholic Church in England. In one scene from the movie, the Duke of Norfolk, a friend of More's, is trying to convince More to sign the act of succession in support of the king's marriage by referring to the many others who have signed it. He holds out the petition and refers to the signatures and says, I'm not a scholar. I don't know whether the marriage was lawful or not. But Thomas, look at these names. Why can't you do as I did and come with us for fellowship? Thomas More looks him in the eye and says, And when we die, and you are sent to heaven for doing your conscience, and I am sent to hell for not doing mine, will you come with me for fellowship? The wise virgins knew that the request to share their oil was not a means to salvation for the foolish, but a threat to the very salvation they themselves had so diligently worked to obtain. While we hope and pray for the salvation of all, salvation lies not in the compromise of truth, but in directing those who need gospel truth to the place where it can be found. When Christ the Bridegroom comes, whether tomorrow in disguise or at the end of our time on earth, 
May we go out to meet him with our lamps burning brightly. Fueled by a life of grace founded in his truth and directed by his spirit. Send questions or comments regarding this podcast to Deacon Joe 2017 at gmail.com.